What's going on, Sunbelt fans? Hello and welcome into the week two wrap-up. We had quite the experience this past week with a bunch of big victories for a lot of our conference friends and foes. We'll start off with Appalachian State and Texas A&M. I regrettably did not have as much confidence in my team as I should have. I called Texas A&M 42, App State 28, and we actually went in there, Appalachian State, and won 17-14 to 14 in a much lower scoring game than I predicted. A whole lot more defense than I thought there would be going in. Uh, that's a positive for App State, obviously, taking down the number six team in the country. Yeah, down there in Kyle Field, in Kyle Station, uh, very impressive. Just held onto the ball, took care of business, um, didn't have any really big chunk plays. Uh, in fact, one of the biggest was actually the the run at the end that almost sealed it completely. If uh, Cam had Cam Peoples had gotten into the end zone, uh, he didn't quite get into the end zone, uh, and they ended up just taking knees to secure it instead of trying to score there at the end uh, and did the smart maneuver. But overall, just a really impressive performance from the App State defense. Really stepped it up. Really turned the corner after the performance they had against UNC. Uh, I'd, I'd have to agree from from what I can see with Coach Clark's assessment that uh, it wasn't necessarily the inability to do things the right way. It was it was a little bit of execution uh, in the UNC game to get things done. So I think they have turned the corner, uh, and I think they will continue to ride this wave as they go into week three, as they now host game day, as a lot of you already know, and Troy coming into town. Uh, Troy maybe getting a little bit better uh, to me as far as my thoughts are concerned. I, I think they're a disappointment uh, for what I thought they'd do. I thought coming from the East going over to the West, I thought they'd be a little bit better. So we'll have to see, and we'll check that out in the week three preview. Just to mention real quick, they did take care of business as they should have against Alabama A&M uh, 38 to 17. We called that game 42 to three. Um, so not quite as low scoring as I would have thought they could have held Alabama A&M to, but they did play pretty well offensively and almost hit that 42 mark that we called out. So obviously, let's jump into the next big game, though. Uh, Marshall taking down Notre Dame, the number eight team in the country. Uh, I actually had that one as a close one. I didn't have the the guts to to say Marshall would win it. I'm glad they did. Uh, it was a really impressive performance. We I had that game as uh, Notre Dame 21. Marshall 17. So I knew it was going to be a close game going in or, or really felt it was going to be a close game. Uh, obviously, it went the other way, even though it was close. Notre Dame did end up with 21 points, as, as I predicted, but Marshall ended up with uh, 26. Uh, it, this was a vastly different game than what you saw from App in, in Texas A&M. Um, it wasn't slow ball control, a lot of defense. Uh, but Marshall's defense did play great. I think they had three interceptions on the day. One went for a touchdown um, by Gilmore. It was a great play, a great read on the ball. Uh, very complete game by Marshall. Um, they just really went in there and looked like the better team. Honestly, they, they you, you switch uniforms, and I think most people would have just assumed that that Marshall was Notre Dame. You know, if they if you didn't know who was who, um, so. Uh, very impressed with the Marshall outcome and very happy to see them take that one. Uh, most, like most of the people in the country, we, we all pretty much agree Notre Dame's vastly overrated each and every year. Uh, so it was nice to see them get taken down a peg. And then let's jump in, right straight into the third game 
the third upset, if you want to call it that, because I, I predicted this one to happen last week, so it didn't really shock or surprise me. But Georgia Southern over Nebraska. I had it uh, 31 Georgia Southern, Nebraska 21. Uh, Georgia Southern actually got into more of a shootout than I predicted, uh, and they took it 45 to 42. Uh, this was, again, this is just showing the vast difference in what Georgia Southern can now accomplish with this new head coach, this new offensive scheme. They're throwing for more than passing. Uh, Kyle Vantries looks great. Their wide receivers, their running backs look great. Uh, it, it's just like Clay Helton said before the season started. He was not at all disappointed with the playmakers he saw once he got in there and started working with the program. Uh, those of you that have watched and paid attention, they've always had good players. They, they, they obviously have still good players on their roster now. And their defensive backfield is, is pretty talented. It, it didn't look so great against Nebraska there, but you, you knew you were going to get Nebraska's best punch after the start of the season they've had and trying to fight for their coach, which obviously Scott Frost is now gone. But yeah, this, this one, in the end, this one didn't shock me. Um, but very happy again to see another conference team take down another P five and show everybody what we wanted and thought could happen with this conference. When these new teams came in and, and these old teams that were, were strong programs and powerful to start with wanted some better conference rivalries, regional rivalries, get these teams more involved. So those are the big three games um, of the weekend. We'll jump into some other ones real quick and just cover these a little bit faster because a lot of these luckily went the way they should have. Um, Coastal did take care of business against Gardner-Webb. However, for whatever reason, Coastal just wasn't firing on all cylinders. Um, I, I, I call this one 48-17. to 17. And it actually only ended up being a 31 to 27 game in Coastal's favor, which is surprising. Uh, obviously, they would not have gone to Gardner Webb to play, but as the home team you, against a much lesser opponent, you think you'd just be able to walk all over them. Uh, and they didn't quite do that. We're in quite a game. In fact, I think that last interception came with just under a minute or right around a minute left. Uh, so they were in danger of, of going down, really, to Gardner Webb. Uh, and so they're going to have to work on some things to turn that around. But, you know, they did still get the W, so that's great for the conference. Uh, then we'll jump into UNC and Georgia State. And we know a little bit about UNC after the close game with App State and how well they can play offensively. Um, I did call this one correctly. I had UNC 41, Georgia State 28. And uh, UNC ended up with 35. Georgia State did end up with 28, as predicted. Um, and this game was right where I thought it would be. Uh, UNC is just a little bit better. I don't think Georgia State's a bad team. I think it's a tough look to start off 0-2. And if people don't watch the games, they don't understand how close Georgia State is. Uh, and as predicted, I still feel they're going to go on a run and they're going to improve greatly after these two losses and what they've learned from them. And the fact that their competition gets easier, quite frankly. Uh, South Carolina's not one of the best ACC teams, but they've they've improved greatly over the last year or two. And uh, UNC has definitely got the quarterback of the future there. Uh, so UNC works on their defense. You know, they're a really improved team, and they're going to be a really good team across the board in the ACC this year. So uh, Georgia State fans, don't get too down. I really I have a lot of promise in this team, um, and I – 
if you watch the game, they didn't look down on themselves. They weren't losing it on each other on the sideline. They were sticking together and trying to get this this victory to happen. It just didn't quite get there. Um, but I think they're really close, and I think they're in for a great season uh, as long as they can just improve minor things. Really, it doesn't. It, there's not big sweeping changes in Georgia State needed. Just some minor tweaks, and they're there. So uh, we'll jump into another game that went exactly as predicted. Uh, Norfolk State got to play another Sun Belt team. Uh, they were. I, I had them predicted to only score six points in JMU with 56. Uh, they ended up scoring seven points, and JMU ended up scoring 63. So JMU, uh, once again, looked really great. Um, their mobile quarterback, Centennial, is just great. They've got that two-headed monster that they've used in the backfield with Palmer and Percy. Um, they've looked great. And Thornton, as a wide receiver, is lighting it on fire. Uh, now we'll, we'll have to see how JMU looks when they play some better competition because as of yet, they haven't played the strongest teams, but that's great for them. This is exactly how they should have started when they're moving up like this. Uh, but they've looked great, so it'll be interesting to see how they look once we start getting closer to conference play. Uh, then we'll jump into the ODU ECU game. Uh, this one went kind of as expected. I had ODU 13, ECU 20. ODU ended up scoring 21 points, and ECU started uh, started turning on there a little more towards the end and, and came away with 39. Um, this one, again, ECU should have taken care of business against AC State. It was it was a similar to the, the App State-North uh, Carolina game. Uh, ECU was probably the better team throughout the majority of that game uh, and, and should have won and could have won, and they didn't. ODU, obviously, we know took care of business against Virginia Tech. Uh, but if you watch both games, I would, I would say most people would probably agree that NC State's probably a better team than Virginia Tech. So I knew this one would favor ECU in that regard, plus being at home. Um, in ODU not looking great in the passing game in that first game against Virginia Tech. They got the job done, but it wasn't the prettiest. Uh, Watson, you know, still didn't break open anything huge. Um, he looks, you know, if they can get him a little bit more room, he looks like he's going to be just fine and, and have a great season. They still need to work on opening up those holes for him. Uh, Jennings is, is incredible. Um, he went off, but he was all the receiving core essentially in this one. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how ODU responds to that one. But uh, we'll jump into the Arkansas State-Ohio State game. I thought this one would be just a tad closer, but nothing shocked me here. Um, Arkansas State, I had them with 20. OSU, I had 31. Arkansas State ended up with 12, and Ohio State ended up with 45. Uh, that Ohio State team is just showing their power, quite frankly. Um, I thought Arkansas State might get into the end zone. They did not. They ended up kicking all four field goals. Um, so that was a, a little disappointing, I guess I'd, I'd say, but they didn't look awful on offense. I mean, that, that Ohio State team is just, they're one of the best teams in the in the country for a reason. Uh, and they they certainly showed it. But I, I like the fight I saw at Arkansas State. Again, once the competition changes, uh, you're going to see a little bit better play at Arkansas State. Ohio State's just at a different level right now as, a, as far as the program goes, which isn't surprising with where Arkansas State has been over the last several seasons. Then we'll jump into a game that, that did really surprise me, uh, Eastern Michigan versus Louisiana. I called it uh, Eastern Michigan 17, Louisiana 28. Uh, it ended up being you know, a, a blowout in the end, but uh, for those of you who watched this game and struggled through the little weather delay they had, um, surprised me. Uh, Eastern Michigan looked like the better team and more in control throughout the first half of the game, maybe just slightly longer than that. Uh, Louisiana finally caught on and 
got it together near the end of the game. Ended up taking it easily, you know, scoring those 49 points total um, and didn't make it look too bad in the end, but much closer than I would have thought. They just took a little while to get going. The weather delay certainly didn't help. Um, actually, I guess it, I guess I could say it did help because they weren't playing great before, and, and then they came back out after it and started churning better. So, heck, maybe the weather delay really, really was beneficial to Louisiana in that regard. And then we've got uh, Nichols again, just like Norfolk State, and you got Nichols playing another Sun Belt team for the second week in a row. Going up against ULM, I had it at Nichols' 10, ULM 21. It ended up being Nichols 7, ULM 35. So impressed there that ULM turned on a little bit more. Uh, I actually thought for the level that Nichols plays at when I watched that first game, um, I was actually impressed with Nichols. Uh, they, they're not you know, a Sun Belt team. They're not a 1A team. But um, for, for their level of play, I think they'll, they'll be pretty decent this year. Uh, so I knew ULM being one of the lesser teams in the conference over the last several years and still kind of rebuilding wouldn't, you know, do wouldn't pull JMU and crush somebody by 40 or 50 points. Um, but they, they won comfortably. They won how they should have, um, scored a little bit more than I thought they would. So overall we'll take that victory. Uh, it looks pretty good on the, on the final scoreboard. So no, no issues there with ULM getting back on track and back in the win call. Uh, then we had USA, uh, South Alabama, versus Central Michigan. Uh, I thought this one could have been right where it's at. I mean, this one almost nailed all the way across the board. I had South Alabama 37, Central Michigan 20. South Alabama ended up with 38, and Central Michigan ended up with 24. Very impressed with how South Alabama came out. They went uh, on the scoreboard quickly. They looked like a much better team. Central Michigan came back there towards the end just a little bit. But the game was never in doubt. USA looked like the more powerful team and gives me a lot of hope uh, for any chance they stand up against UCLA next week for week three. Uh, You know, they're going to travel across the country, so we'll see. But as of right now, I have good thoughts going toward USA. South Alabama, I I think they can get it done. It's a a realistic possibility with how they've been looking. Um, We'll jump into a little bit of a surprise halftime score. I had Southern Miss 17, Miami 38. Southern Miss ended up scoring only 7, and Miami ended up with 30. So it's about right where I I thought it would be. I thought a little bit more offense from Southern Miss could come through, but a very impressive halftime score. A very close game that I was very interested in, all the way up till uh, just over halftime, and I I saw they start struggling a lot more there offensively. Miami tightened some things up and made that uh, a little more challenging. But uh, Wilcox looks... Pretty good as a quarterback, a young kid, but I think I'd, I'd be sticking with him over Ty Keys for sure. So um, I think they have some promise there again. That that continues to to rebuild, uh, and Miami's obviously a strong program. So you don't really expect the win there. So I, I was pleasantly surprised with the halftime score, and then Miami opened it, you know, kind of where they should. Again, no issues with that score. Um, Southern Miss is kind of coming along. I think they're they're better than what they look like. They're not much better than what they look like, um, but. They do have some promise coming in here in the future, and I do like their coach Will Hall. I like how he, I like how he responds and treats his players over there on the sideline. From what I've seen, uh, we'll jump into FIU versus Texas State. I called this one FIU thirteen, Texas State twenty four. Pretty close here. FIU twelve and Texas State forty one was the final score. So 
a little bit more offense for Texas State, which we were lo- hoping for. Uh, Lane Hatcher still throwing it all over the field. They've got more of a complete game look against FIU. Now, FIU struggled last week against Bryant, so we knew that Texas State needed to win this game uh, to make that conference victory look a little bit better. They won it soundly and easily in the end, so that's a, an impressive victory for the Bobcats. Gets them back on the right track uh, and taking care of business against a team that they absolutely should have. And then we already touched on the Troy score, but just to reiterate, Alabama a and I had three, Troy 42, ended up being Alabama a and 17, Troy 38. So real quick, uh, I would say Troy's defense has been kind of a disappointment for where I thought they might be. I thought they'd be one of the stronger defenses in the West and maybe one of the stronger defenses in the Sun Belt overall. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be there from what we've seen so far, but they still got time and probably working on a lot of things still. Uh, they got the big matchup with App State coming up, and we will preview that one coming up in the next podcast stay tuned for that and hopefully we've got a great atmosphere there for game day being hosted up in boone north carolina this weekend saturday september 7th see y'all next time